Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here of the Tour de France 2023. Today, we're looking at stage 10, the day after the rest day, of course. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Corrigan himself, Ewan Wilson. And Ewan, what exactly happened on this stage today? Well, stage 10 of the Tour de France began in chaotic, silly fashion. Many attacks, many breakaways, not much going up the road. We had people dropped. Godou, Bardet looking like they were going to lose a couple minutes at one point. Vingegaard and Pogacar in the breakaway at one point. It was crazy. However, it did settle down eventually. And we had a more sort of conventional breakaway up the road, which included notably Julian Alaphilippe, Mihal Kwiatkowski, two riders from Israel Premier Tech, as well as Peo Bilbao for the GEC fight, who sat just seven minutes down in the rankings. Ben O'Connor, fourth place finisher a couple of years back, he was also in the breakaway as well. He, they were up the road for most of the day. There's a little bit of a breakup on that final climb, which saw sort of Israel Premitek really control things. Nick Schultz set a very high pace before Chris Nalans attacked. In response, the group broke up. Alaphilippe are struggling and getting dropped with Skielmoza, who was in the breakaway as well. Michal Kwiatkowski, whilst Nalans went up the road, he had a about a 30-second gap whilst Peo Bilbao, Antonio Pedrero, Georg Zimmermann, Esteban Chavez, Ben O'Connor were chasing on behind. In the main peloton group, while Van Aert and Mathieu van der Poel attacked for a brief period, before van der Poel just at one point decided, ah, I'm out. He just sits up, zipped the jersey, went back to the bunch, dropped back with Jasper Philipson on the climb. Strange, strange happenings. While Van Aert was then subsequently on his own for a while and got swept back in as the peloton were chasing on, mostly led by Enos Grenadiers and Jumbo Visma. At the front of the race, the breakaway five for the stage win, Chris Snellans had a tantalizingly close gap for a while. But that chasing group of Zimmerman, Chavez, Ben O'Connor, Bilbao, Pedrero caught him with about three kilometers to go. Heartbreaking stuff for Chris Nalans. Then the group started to attack each other before the final kilometer. Georg Zimmermann put the most convincing move in, but it was marked by Peo Bilbao. Zimmermann hang around and then they opened up a more conventional sprint, won by Peo Bilbao, who dedicated the victory to the late Gino Merda, his teammate, who sadly died one month ago, gaining Bahrain Victorious' first win of this race. And Peo Bilbao getting a win maybe a week too late. He really wanted to win on home roads in the Basque Country, but still getting that win and jumping up to top 10 in GC is important for him. Georg Zimmermann put in a really good fight, but second place has to suffice, whilst third place goes to Ben O'Connor, fourth to Chris Nalans, who really fought for it in that breakaway. Such a shame to see him have his heart broken just before the end. He is actually the most combative rider of today. I think you knew that Bilbao would be difficult to beat, didn't you? You'd had experience of, well, sprinting against him in the Deutschland Tour. Exactly, yes. Uh, last year, I did one flat sprint against him. Um, Stuttgart so when I make my attack under the flamme rouge and after the right corner I look back and see him in my rear I was not so happy because like I just remember how I lost against him so I tried to coax as much work out of him as possible but he stayed quite cool yeah I was also hoping he would care a little bit more about the, the time because he's also up there in the GC but he made the, the decision Peo Bilbao now moves into fifth place overall with that big, big advantage from today. Moving Adam Yates down into sixth, Simon Yates down into seventh, Pickhock down into eighth, Godou into ninth, and Kuss into tenth place with Bilbao now just four minutes and 34 seconds behind Jonas Vingegaard. Yeah, incredible victory for Bilbao and uh, significance as well for the team, like you said. But uh, are you mean you and this was perfect for Bilbao and Bahrain victorious? Bilbao can be pretty happy about this victory. And what does it mean for his career? as well i mean 
for, for the team, they go into a Tour de France and they want a stage win. They didn't get one last year. They got a number the year before and they really wanted to keep that momentum going. They've become a real Grand Tour force. They stepped up in that post-COVID break to become a legitimate uh, Grand Tour borderline super team. So for Bilbao to be in that breakaway early on, it was interesting to see. Mate Mohoric as well did a lot of work at the beginning of the stage to get him there and to establish an early breakaway. Bilbao sneaking up the road. Maybe people overlooked him, given that the team also have Jack Haig and Mikael Landa, two former podium finishers at Grand Tours. They sat in the peloton whilst Bilbao went up. Bilbao's finished in top 10 of the Tour de France, so maybe it was silly to let him get this time, but he's far down enough really in the standings to not be a huge threat and he's not a podium finisher in a Grand Tour so he's not quite as threatening as for instance our Jai Henley or someone like that went up the road instead but for Bilbao adding a Tour de France to that Palmares it's probably the best win of, of his career so far he's got a couple Giro wins fourth place the Giro overall top 10 of the Tour de France this is easily the best one and he had to invest a lot in this breakaway in terms of chasing down Chris Nailands, also being astute to all the attacks in the final couple kilometers. He closed down Georg Zimmermann super closely. And at that point, it felt like Bilbao was, was going to get it. He's a great sprinter as well in these reduced bunch scenarios. And this Tour de France really shows that. And he makes that big step up here at the Grand Boucle at the age of 33 as well. It couldn't really get much better than this. Yeah, it was a shame in that second, second what became the second group with uh, Skelmos, with Alphilippe that we... Uh, well, you picked Mikhail Kukowski, that they didn't quite live up to our expectations. And Skelmos, I think he's it's quite a worrying Tour de France from him from this point on, if you couldn't hang with that group. But nevertheless, in terms of that GC group, we, we know that he's taken huge time uh, Bilbao back in the GC. And Ineos Grenadiers tried their best to kind of limit this. Obviously, they stopped it from extending further. But Ineos Grenadiers was, yeah, did they make enough inroads here? Or do you think potentially they could be in trouble now? They really tried hard on the final climb to sort of limit the limit the gap and limit the losses to pay Bilbao up in front. They're riding defensive now for a top five. How Just how the mighty have fallen. But, I mean... Is Bilbao a, a real threat for top five? I don't know. I think he'll hang around in top 10 until the end of this race. But, I mean, the fact that they feel threatened by Bilbao is maybe a bit of a sign there that they're getting very defensive about keeping that top five place in their ranks because UAE weren't really flinching. They have Adam Yates as well in top five. Bora Hanskor as well. Just didn't see them at the front at all during the stage. It, instead, it was, yeah, Jumbo Visma and, and Ineos Grenadiers trying, trying to limit the losses. I understand Ineos just wanting to sort of be up there. Carlos Rodriguez still holds his place in GC, but it's not the great sign that we're looking for. But for Bilbao, he's now he's now in top 10 with a really good chance of holding that all the way to the end. Bahrain as well have a really good team. They're also eyeing up the team classification. They lead that one now, and we assume that they could probably take that one all the way to the end. But uh, yeah, you're in. I mean, the big question here, we saw Wat Van Aert kind of disappearing up the front with Macho Van der Poel. We saw when Ineos Grandiers kind of destroyed their whole team to try and limit the the gap here from going too far up. Jumbo Visma come to the front with Delman Bar for whatever reason. What were they playing at? Do they not realize that the race has 11 more stages and you need your guys as fresh as possible? And when there's nothing, there's no victory, there's no threat of a GC for them anyway in terms of yellow jersey. Were Jumbo Visma really threatened by Bilbao or did uh, Ineos Grandiers just transfer a few few euros into their account to try and them to help. I mean, Delvin Ball, former former Ineos Grandiers rider, so maybe he was just trying to do his old team a favor here. It was a bit strange. Yama Visma really, really putting a lot of impetus into this stage and to get nothing out of it. They didn't throw anybody in the breakaway. Tish Benot would have been 
brilliant in today's breakaway. I think he really deserves a Tour de France stage win. If he was right up there in that mix, I think Benoit could have been a really good man to, to fight for the win, but they miss it. Well, Van Aert doesn't get a stage win. He might be going home tomorrow as well. Uh, in an interview with, with Danish TV this morning, apparently he said that he was leaving the Tour de France tomorrow. That might be lost in translation or whatever, but that was overheard by some journalists. So, Fiumbo, I mean, nothing out of this stage. But also, if Yumbo were any other team, not getting anything out today and having a pretty stress-free day is probably a, a big win, you know? They can't be in top 10 every day. Oh my goodness, if Wout Van Aert... Okay, Wout Van Aert has been going all out for his chances. And uh, this first... Well, the first week and now start of the second week, sort of. So uh, maybe maybe he, it is that. That often in cycling, rumours are true. It's not like football announce, or anything else. Huh? Why would he announce only to that... One yeah, I know it's true. Like, for... surely it would be like a rest day announcement. But okay, hypothetically, let's say he leaves the race. Are Jumbo Visma going to be a far weaker team than UAT Emirates now and 100%. be a bit exposed? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Wout is their secret weapon, and they've used him so many times. Without that, who becomes a secret weapon? Laporte is missing the mark. Van Hooydonk's been climbing really well, but. Is I think Van Hooydonk's quite similar to Biel. In well, in terms of like Sepp Kuss, I mean, how much has he got left in the tank after his hard Giro d'Italia? We don't know. But it's like Wout's position in that team is to be in that breakaway, to be that satellite rider, yeah, and also that's be true. maybe third, fourth in line in the mountains. I think that satellite rider, like satellite rider role that he he plays, like we saw at Coteray, like we saw last year on so many occasions. Without that, there, I think UAE become a very they become very much like like. With that, while there, I think Yumbo become very much like UAE. Um, they become quite similar teams, particularly if Yates starts becoming a sort of leader now that he may, might have consolidated his top five or top ten place in GC. If he now sort of becomes the, the teammate at the front like Sepp Kuss does, they're really equal matches. Unless Benoit steps up and becomes the new Van Aert. Who knows, really? But uh, anyway, yeah, and another rider I want to talk about, it wasn't just Bilbao gaining in GC, it was also Ben O'Connor. And I know you're a big Ben O'Connor fan. Do you think he... Uh, terrible first week by his standard. Fourth place, as you said, as, as well previously. But do you think he can make some kind of resurgence or is it more the Gal train that they're looking for? Or Gal, whatever. He's moved up into 17th place at 11 minutes and 7 seconds. He's now only 1 minute and 20 seconds behind his teammate Felix Gal. I think Gal should go for polka dots, but he's been climbing really well. Maybe Ben O'Connor's trying to jump back into GC with the snakes and ladders technique. Um, I mean, Guillaume Martin has done before. He did it in Tinia back in the 2021 Tour de France. Maybe he tries to just get in these breaks. He's allowed up there because people think, well, O'Connor's had a pretty rubbish Tour de France. We'll let him go up the road. He might get back up there, but I mean, how, how many minutes does he need to go and get into top 10 again? Five? Five minutes. I mean, he could get that in a breakaway on the Beaujolais stage, for instance, but the day after is Grand Colombier, so he's got to have the fitness there. Anyways, that's basically it for this recap race analysis of stage 10 of the 2023 Tour de France. Make sure to check out our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And of course, as always, comment down below what you think. Have we been too hard on Yombo Visma once again? Hit the like button. And of course, as always, we will see you tomorrow.